This is Do We Like Movies. It's a podcast where two guys review individual movies, sequels, and occasional television shows. In this show, we talk about our experiences with them, and we answer the question, do we like this movie? This week, we're discussing 2021's Mortal Kombat. Welcome to Do We Like Movies. I'm your host, Angel. And I am your reincarnated host, Javi. And uh, this week we are, this is kind of neat that we've been doing this this year with at least a couple different series where we're like watching the movies leading into the new one coming out. But we're doing 2021's Mortal Kombat, which uh, just came out on HBO Max last Friday. We really have, huh? Because we did the entire Karate Kid series, like, with one straight shot. Um, and then, of course, we did the now infamous Star Wars series all leading up to the grand <laughs> finale. I feel like it gives us... I don't know. I feel like the I feel like the quality of the episodes is a lot better when we watch like the shitty movies leading up to the one that's actually not bad. <laughs> it's I mean it's terrible for my mental health because I gotta watch some garbage, <laughs> but it does make good podcast like content. So Mortal Kombat, uh, a series that I honestly hadn't thought about in about a decade until during the pandemic last year, uh, HBO Max released a trailer. You know, trying to get people to sign up for their service. And mm-hmm. they included the movies. They said our entire 2021 slate is going to come out on HBO Max as well as theaters. And, you know, the one I was looking forward to most of all was Godzilla and Kong. One of the movies there happened to be Mortal Kombat. And I was like, wow, Mortal Kombat is actually coming back. And when the trailer came out for that movie, I was impressed at how good it looked. And I was excited for this movie coming out. I think we were all impressed because as everyone knows, as we talked about, probably ad nauseum with the last two movies that we reviewed, video game movies have a very terrible stigma of either not being not being close enough to the uh, source material or sometimes being too close to the source material and then still somehow coming off as crap, right? But this movie just it you know they 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 the trailer they used didn't really show didn't review reveal anything about the story it didn't it just showed you what you need to see, which I've been saying for years as long as it's Sub Zero and Scorpion that's all you need to make a Mortal Kombat movie. I, I think we talked about this before with the previous episode or a previous series. I think we talked about it with Halloween maybe, but we've talked about it a few times. One of the things that's happening in just movies in general right now is a lot of the people that are starting to make movies are people like us who grew up loving some of the IPs that they're rebooting. Yeah, a bunch of fucking nerds that's making movies. (laughs) Right. So, like, you know, Danny McBride wrote the screenplay to Halloween 2018. And much like me, Danny McBride, like, has rewatched all the Halloween sequels like a million times. So he was able to put in a bunch of like you know food for fans to chew on while you're watching the movie. Wait, so you even mean David Gordon creating... Green? Well, Danny McBride wrote the screenplay. Really? David Gordon Green is part of the 
like David Gordon Green is definitely part of the reason why that movie was created. But that screenplay was Danny McBride's screenplay, really? which is even more. Yeah, it's what made it so like because the way I interesting. Was, yeah, the way I was told the story is it was mostly David Gordon Green, and then like, and then like Danny McBride. It was like sixty forty, pretty much. So that's actually interesting to hear that it was mostly Danny McBride. No, no, I mean, obviously, I, I'm sure that it's a lot more of an equal partnership, but the screenplay itself. Danny mm-hmm. McBride is the one who's greatly responsible for it. And I think David Gordon Green isn't is responsible for rewrites and they did work on it together to an extent. But uh yeah, he is the guy. And you know, I mean, this it's those guys. You got, you know, when we talked about um the fellow Michael Doherty, I think is his name, the guy who did uh Godzilla King of the Monsters, grew up a fan of the Godzilla series, puts in all the music, puts in all these references to the older movies in the newer movie and that's basically what we had and i think this movie really what made a lot of people root for it and wanted to succeed the fact that the producers and the people who are behind the scenes and the stars of this movie were legitimately emotionally like they were they were happy at like how positive this the fan response was to this so it almost this is one of those weird movies where like the people who made it are so happy that people like it and the people who are waiting for it were so grateful <laughs> to, to how like how genuinely happy the people who made it were at the response that it got that mm-hmm. it's created this weird like synergistic thing which is awesome right like you know it's less controversial than something like Zack Snyder's Justice League which is like some people hate it some people like it this is like one of those weird things where like both the filmmakers like it and the people who are watching it like it. And I know there's a lot of negative reviews about it. It's kind of like Godzilla and Kong, right? Mm-hmm. The same deal. It's just there's a lot of people who are like, all right, well, you know, this this is kind of weak. This doesn't have enough in terms of story. But much there, like there's, no talking- more, there's no <laughs> Mortal Kombat tournament. Shut up, you fucking nerds. Give it three movies and then you'll get your <laughs> stupid tournament. I'm sorry. I have some things to say at those stupid trash YouTube people on my stupid trash podcast. <laughs> all right. So... You know, again, we're de- it's it's definitely fun that all of this stuff is happening. Um, I guess we can talk about our experience with this movie. Obviously, we both just watched it on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And much like I've said about every other movie that's premiered on HBO Max this year that we've reviewed, I had a great, I had a very positive response to it. And I think the reason, part of it's the reason why. Like you, it's almost <laughs> like you hate people. <laughs> and you love being this little, like, hermit man that you've become. Well, no, the thing, you know, the funny thing is, is I, years ago in my twenties, like I loved movies. Like when my wife and I got married, movie dates was like the most common thing that we did. We would go like every other weekend, like just all this time, but you become parents. You can't go out as much. You can't take your kids to go watch R rated Mortal Kombat. So, (laughs) So it's like. It, unless you're going to get a sitter, you're not really going to movie theaters as much as you'd like. So the fact that all these movies have been premiering at home, it's not its not that I don't like going to movie theaters. I do miss going to movie theaters, but the convenience of watching it at home, I cannot argue with it. And I think all of this is coloring how not negative I've been on a lot of these premieres. Yeah, I think that does make a difference. But, like, I, I don't know. I guess it depends also the type of movie. I think this would have been a great movie to watch in in the movie theater because I'm sure a bunch of sweaty 
sweaty nerds would have been there going furniture him and you know <laughs> like trying to like get all hyped and stuff yeah um, true 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 there's so definitely think, moments there's definitely moments in this that i i like that i felt man if i was watching this in a movie theater this would be the moment where people would applaud so yes the, uh, that p- part of it i am missing i'm missing the we're all watching it for the first time together experience that you only get in a movie theater. So I will agree with that. But you know what? Also, that that experience is super overrated, I think. And I'm only saying that because I'm salty that when I went to, when I went to watch Endgame, like my theater super sucked and no one was excited when Captain America said, you know, Avengers Assemble. So maybe that's it. Maybe that's why I think that whole experience is stupid and anyone that enjoys it sucks. Well, my theater for that movie cheered it literally everything. They cheered too much. It was yeah, I had the, I had the inverse where them. like it was just way too much cheering. But whatever, I wasn't going to complain about it because you know let people go enjoy stuff, right? Like I don't <laughs> no, want to be they... the, I don't want to be the crotchety old man at a movie theater either. It's like we're all going somewhere to enjoy stuff. No, so I let want us them all to enjoy it. I want them to enjoy my stupid thing, not their stupid thing. <laughs> And all I'm right. to enjoy it my way. <laughs> all right. So, Mortal Kombat 2021. This is a different. It's a different way to to do it, right? Like it, we in our original uh, movie, the, in the original movie that we reviewed, it revolves around Luke Kang, Sonya Blade, and uh, Johnny Cage. Woo, Johnny all, Cage! And Boo. it's all about them going through the tournament. Yep. What makes this feel different? is that they're not going to do the tournament thing. And mm-hmm. I talked I talked about it specifically when we did Mortal Kombat Annihilation that I hated the the fact that there was no tournament in this. This movie does no tournament, but I'm with it. <laughs> I am actually with it. You know You know what? I think when you get the context that what they're trying to do is they're trying to build a story and they're trying to build a franchise here and they're trying to get to the tournament. It gives it a completely different vibe than, say, in Mortal Kombat 1, where the tournament feels super fucking rushed. So I was like, you know what? I'm okay with it, too. Like, I'm okay with us building because what they got to do, and I think what people forget, Mortal Kombat, and I talked about it in the last two reviews, Mortal Kombat has a stupid amount of lore, and it has a bunch of stupid little things in it. And if you want to make everyone as happy as possible, you got to take your time to be able to introduce everything. And honestly, you're not going to be able to build or make anyone care about these characters enough to like get to the final, final idea of what, like, you know, the final ending of Mortal Kombat, unless you let us like get to know some of these characters first. Um, and I'm I was cool with that honestly i was cool with this movie like you said i was cool with this not being a tournament movie i am i am completely okay if you're gonna instead shift the focus from uh the the tournament to give me more sub-zero and scorpion i am totally okay with that you know what i'm saying <laughs> and i think that's one of the reasons why it really worked but i don't know what are your thoughts <laughs> so okay um first of all i've really appreciated the fact that and I think I talked about it briefly when we did Mortal Kombat 1. There's a lot more Asian faces in this movie, which, hey, if we're talking about like ninjas and like, you know, the Shaolin monks and like all that kind of stuff, Mortal Kombat, there should be more Asian representation in these movies. Um, our main character, our, you know, is, is, is of Japanese uh, descendants, right? <laughs> um, 
I oh, yeah, love. Yeah. I, I'm gonna say this: if I was doing this review after having just watched it the first time, I wouldn't have a negative thing to say about this movie. Mm-hmm. Because I've watched it more than once leading into this episode of the show, I'm gonna say the first half of this movie is kind of hard to get through mm-hmm. when it's... you're watching it. You know, when you're watching it more than once. Um, and but the second act of this movie is, I mean, the second half of the movie really is where it all just picks up, right? Oh, the first half is all expo, so it's like, it's like, yeah, it's all I can imagine it's a super hard watch the second time you watch it because you're like, oh, the, this is legit an expo dump for about 45 minutes <laughs> before we get to anything that's worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And I think what this movie did really well, if it's not going to go the tournament route, I think what it re- did really well to get you to, to get your attention is they showed the, the, they start off with the feudal Japan fight scene um, between Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Right. And yes. it was like the seven minute scene that I think IGN posted it like a bunch of places posted it right before the movie came uh, like pretty much premiered. Mm-hmm. And I know I was watching it. I know you decided not to watch it because you wanted to go into this movie completely fresh. No, I watched it. Oh, I you watched, watched it? Yeah, I watched it and and I thought it was fantastic. I couldn't wait. I watched it two days before the movie came out when it when it came out on IGN, and I couldn't wait. So I knew what the beginning of this movie was. Glad okay, first thing, first fan service thing that just like absolutely works for me. We're starting with Sub Zero and Scorpion, but we're starting uh. with their pre like you know monstrous <laughs> supernatural forms. Even though Sub Zero or Bihan is already he already has this ice sorcery that he can do um and scorpion you know all he really needs is is uh you know his his god what is that weapon called the kunai and the rope yes exactly right like so and and you know the actors that they got to play these are pretty well-known actors right in terms of um you know these kinds of fight movies if there's a without with you know without a better term of saying it at least like 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 i'm familiar with the people who are in this movie as the fighters yeah like hiroyuki sonata i think he's the guy that plays um scorpion i don't know why i blanked on (laughs) scorpion's name but pretty much he's yeah he's like done uh martial arts movies like he has a lot of history doing those types of films um and doing his own stunts he's also fun fact the oldest guy to play scorpion i think he's like 58 years old mm-hmm. at least based on imdb unless imdb is filled with filthy liars <laughs> but they actually also had like like that's that's what i loved about this movie like right off the bat those first seven minutes in that first scene such a fantastic fight choreography man like mm-hmm. you can tell they went out and they got one of like the best choreographers they could find so that they can stage what this fight was going to look like. And it's all very seamless. Uh, I need to rewatch it, but I don't remember too much dead time as far as like the stunt, the stunt guys in the back, like, cause there is that scene where Scorpion um, or Scorpion takes on a couple of the Lin Kuei and like, it's brutal. Like the action is brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you know, one of my one of my biggest pet peeves now that I've noticed it, and now it's only gotten worse as the years come go by, is whenever you got one main character fighting a bunch of uh, bad guys, 
there's always dead time where the guys are just kind of like waiting to get in space. I didn't mm-hmm. see too much of that. So I think, but then again, I only watched this one movie or this movie once. Um, so I do got to go back and kind of ch- like just to double check what that choreography looked like in that first scene. But from what I remember, it was great. I think the only rough part was kind of the CGI when, uh, when Scorpion like does a takedown and like murders one of the guys by like clotheslining him to death. <laughs> <laughs> It was a little Irishman looking CGI. And I think, yeah, I mean, the CGI comes up a couple times where I'm not a huge fan of it in this movie. Sure. But, you know, the beginning of this is we're watching both of these guys. This movie, they make Sub-Zero really the ultimate villain in this, which is an interesting choice, right? It is an interesting choice. I know that Scorpion, Scorpion is highly popular, so making him one of the protagonists, I thought he was going to be the protagonist of this movie. I'm very surprised by much like, you know, the other movies, Scorpion and Sub-Zero aren't overused here, but I love the fact that they are no longer just henchmen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, they like, you know, yes, Sub-Zero is technically helping Shang Tsung, right? Like he is mm-hmm. part of his group, but his purpose is his own purpose. Like he has his own stuff that he's there to do it's more like he's working with him as opposed to for him yeah Shang Tsung is just a means to an end really right and so it's like so he really what he wants is to kill Scorpion and um it's interesting you know because it's a it's a mystery as to why this guy is following our main character who is uh, Cole Young an original character uh, in the Mortal Kombat universe created for this movie. Interesting so choice. Quick, yeah, Interesting. I was about to say, what were your feelings on them picking, like, just making a new character for the movie? I don't have a problem with it because, again, I haven't played Mortal Kombat in 10 years, so I mm. don't have this, like, protective, you know, like, it, it freaks me out if you're going to start creating characters. <clears throat> I'm mm-hmm. totally fine with, you know, characters who are not part of the canon, like becoming so popular that eventually they do become part of the canon. Like that's, I just don't have a problem with that. I mean, that's what happened with Harley Quinn. So, yeah. So what I, what I thought was going to happen when this movie started, I thought that Cole Young was going to be Liu uh, Kang. And that was like a fake name he used. No, so Scorpion is killed, right? What is yes. the what is his what is his human name? Human uh, name before he's Scorpion. His human name, <laughs> uh, Hanzo uh, Hasashi, right? Yeah, Hanzo okay. Hasashi. So Hanzo is killed, mm-hmm. and I swear, I thought Cole was. I swear, I thought Cole was going to be a descendant of Hanzo, but I thought hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> well, no, no, no. But the part that I got wrong was I actually thought that uh, Cole Young was going to turn into Scorpion. I thought the same thing. I <laughs> yeah, thought they like, were gonna like the spirit of Scorpion would take over and he right. would become <laughs> Scorpion. I thought I did. I had a couple theories, and I actually felt bad for the people I watched the movie with because I was just saying the entire. I was just talking like my what my theories were the entire time. <laughs> I was that asshole, <laughs> mind you. I'd, I'd been a couple shots in already, so it's like I was already like feeling myself. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, the, uh, obviously Cole Young is Liu Kang, stupid. Cole Young, Liu Kang, you just you just move some words around. Fucking wake up, sheeple. What? Yeah, shut up. I was drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly. All right. So you know, uh, Cole is like, I guess he's like a you know former MMA champion. 
a guy who is now like at, <laughs> he's now like at the very tail end of his career uh you know, it's kind of like like he was the MMA like, like he, you could picture him as some sort of past UFC champion that was great. He's yep. now no longer in UFC. Now Coming he's just back. a cage fighter throwing into random fights and last minute with no preparation. Where he's barely making money. Yeah, yeah. Like, his so daughter's like, like his ring person to make sure he doesn't die out there. <laughs> which you know, again, I, I wasn't too interested in this story. But thankfully, like, they kind of go through it quickly enough, right? Like, again, Mm -hmm. I I didn't really care too much about what was going on here. But pretty quickly, we get introduced to uh, Bihan or Sub-Zero, who in this movie, really, they turn him into a slasher villain, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, his job is to show up and coldly no pun intended, like just (laughs) murder everyone. (laughs) Cole, do you know what killed the dinosaurs? (laughs) The ice age. Ice to meet you, Cole. (laughs) That would have been hilarious if Beyond was just doing Arnold Schwarzenegger puns the whole time. Time to kick some ice. Oh my god, shut the fuck up! Uh, holy shit but yeah like you were saying on his only like pretty much the only times we see sub-zero in the first couple like the first couple scenes is literally him trying to murder cole and his family and then uh cole gets and ends up getting saved by major jackson briggs aka Jax. so they're at this point they start throwing in all these characters really fast at you yes. um which but I, not I, but not mortal Kombat annihilation fast <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I like what they're doing. Is they gi- they give everyone just enough of a chance to breathe as a character, but then they have the huge expo scene later to tell you why these characters are here and why they matter. You know, so we find it's out- very it's very Avengers in a way. Yeah, and and I and I give Avengers a ton of credit for for being like the series that has kind of like they perfected the art of having so many big personalities, mm-hmm. big characters in single movies together. Um, and that's kind of what it is. It really is. It's all right. Here's all the superheroes. Here's what their powers are. Here's how they became superheroes. They'll tell you very quickly. And you and you weave that into the story. Um, this does fantastic stuff with Jax because Jax is no longer just a guy wearing robot gloves. And instead, the reason why he's going to end up with metal arms or robot arms is because Sub-Zero literally freezes and breaks his arms so that they disintegrate. Oh, this movie has zero problem with the violence and the gore, and I fucking love it. Yeah, I mean, like, just that fight between Jax and Sub-Zero is brutal. If you can even call it a fight, because Jax gets bodied really quickly. Right. And, and then, it it, it, oh, it does man. the awesome job of making Sub Zero frightening. It shows you how dangerous he can be. It gives you some suspense as to all right. Well, we know Jax is eventually going to show up with his robot arm, so I'm curious mm-hmm. to see when that's going to happen. It gives us our doorway to introduce us to Sonya, who in this movie, she and Jax are like conspiracy theorists that like sit in in, in her trailer park in the middle of nowhere. Except instead of like, you know, planning to storm the Capitol, 
she's actually just like doing research <laughs> on Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I thought it was funny that they're like they're still military. Like that's the thing; they're still special forces. But I don't know. It's like, did they go AWOL and or did they just ask for leave and were like, yo? um i'm having a dissociative break real quick i'm gonna go like do a bunch <laughs> of conspiracy theory shit is that okay and then like her commanding officer is just like yeah it's fine but sadly this is what feels more real to me like you know that first movie where sonya and Jax are like sitting at port like looking for evil kano and then like <laughs> sonya is literally like in another dimension wondering why her radio to Jax isn't working <laughs> like that that kind of just stuff made her seem dumb. It's like at yeah. least in this, it's like it's weird that she's so game for this, but then at the same time, it's like you know she and Jax have been like living in conspiracy world about like you know like just they've gone through all of it, and it gives you a character that is going to explain to you what's going on. So Cole, much like the other main characters in the movie, they all have this marking that looks like the Mortal Kombat logo. And, uh, you know, this is this is original to the movie. But what the Mortal Kombat logo is supposed to tell you is that you're chosen to be in the tournament and you are going to get superpowers at some point, (laughs) which, you know, explains away everyone's like everyone's ability to do fatalities and all of their abilities that they have through the game. Hey, you know what? There, that's more thought than the actual video games thought about putting into why these people are superhuman. So fuck it, I don't care. Yeah, there's people online who didn't like this idea, and I'm like totally down with it. Like, it, it makes sense because it's not like just everyone could get these abilities, and it also gives you a really interesting piece of the story now. So the idea is that Jax Jax has the tattoo. Or he has the mark, but Jax doesn't have the mark because he was born with it. Jax actually killed someone in South America, and when he killed them, the mark passed to him. So it also introduces the fact that if you kill someone with the marking, you are now going to be part of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> that actually I missed, so that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I had no idea about that, and that's actually going to explain why Sonya becomes like important later on. <laughs> yes, because Sonya is not one of the people chosen for the tournament in this movie's chronology, but she is there to tell Cole about all the characters. In there, you get to see pictures of Nightwolf, who we saw in Annihilation, do absolutely jack shit. <laughs> this one, at least, we're just seeing a picture of him. We see a picture of Baraka. We see uh, Katana's like you know fan. We we see bits of some of these characters. But again, much like, you know, it, it can introduce these characters at a at a different time and it doesn't have to cram all of them into a single movie. Yeah, it's like they'll come up, no worries. <laughs> and then uh and then we get introduced to how or you know, the person that gave uh Sony a bunch of information, which is might be the internet darling and most lovable character in this movie, Kano. <laughs> <laughs> I am highly impressed with what they did with Kano because my understanding from the research and reading that I've done online is the (laughs) making Kano Australian was actually a choice of the actor who played him in the movie. And it's one of those things that became so like, like people were just so used to it. And I guess it's penetrated culture to this point that Kano is just always Australian. <laughs> Ever since we heard those words uttered, I studied all your moves, Sonia. <laughs> and it's just, 
it's just been a part of our zeitgeist to understand that Kano is Australian and that he turns into a ball and just spins around everywhere like an idiot. <laughs> so Kano in this, much like, you know, the original, he is a villain uh, or at least like, you know, a, a enemy of Sonya and Jax. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this movie, he's already been captured inside of their trailer. And because he is the one who happens to know where Raiden's temple is, who, you know, Raiden has a temple on Earth that apparently is impossible to find. But if you find it, then that's when you can, you know, train for Mortal Kombat. I don't know. There, there's parts of it that's just a little, all right, out of there. That's what it gets. Yeah, that's what, they, I don't know. They're but, just but, like, I'm, but I'm fine with it. I'm not going to make a big stink about it. You know what it is? They're just like, we're just trying to get, a, get our characters to the Mortal Kombat locations already. Mm-hmm. So that you can see the sets that we made you know at least that's the vibe i got from that they were just like let's just get them to outworld or you know wherever Earthrealm meets outworld as fast as possible and i was okay with that i'm like i don't i don't need these guys to be in the cities for too long i don't need to see them like on their journey to raiden's temple just get me to raiden's temple already yeah and, and here they oh here, go ahead yeah you know we, here we are in outworld now and outworld is definitely cooler than any outworld that we've seen before first movie obviously lower budget 90s special effects aren't there so it, it just looks like a set that you're on when they're there Pretty much, yeah. with just like you know lightning and techno music and all that stuff so it looks like a 90s version of like a goth club but in the <laughs> second movie it's just like that awful rear projections you know special effects rear projections stuff. And then, like, a weird filter gets put over the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> this or actually makes everything look darker. This actually, what it made me think of, and, and I don't know why it made me think of this, but it's kind of like a little Star Wars Rogue One to me, in that, like, you know, here is this very, you know, what you would think is this we need all special effects to create this other dimension. It's actually just like a place that exists in the world. You're just mm-hmm. shooting it, and it's just it's got such a unique look to it that it feels tactile and real, and you don't have to do all the special effects. There is CGI, but for the most part, it feels more real, like an actual place that could exist and you know that yeah. it could actually exist. So I definitely appreciate that. Shang Tsung's I- actor is all is now Asian. We have mm-hmm. uh, characters like Cabal. Um, I'm pretty sure Shang Tsung's actor in the original Mortal Kombat was also Asian. That's true. He was among the few. <laughs> but um, no, the, the thing I was going to mention is I think, uh, you know, just to give credit where credit's due, I think for how making Outworld feel like more of a tangible place is I do give a lot of credit to MKX, probably. I, I would say probably MKX, the, the, the one of the newer video games. Uh, did a lot of to flesh out what all all, I can't talk sorry it did a lot to flesh out what Outworld feels like as a location either through uh, cutscenes or through like cinematics and stuff where pretty much the vibe you get from Outworld is just it's very unlike an Egyptian desert idea where it's like you know vast sandy dunes and then you get to like an oasis area where there's like you know big rock buildings and stuff like that so that's kind of like the vibe they get to they they give it and then like you were saying that's definitely the vibe i'm giving or i'm getting from the video uh the movie and which came from the video game so 
anyway, just want to put that out there. I think that's part of the reason why Outworld feels like a real place as opposed to just kind of like a sound stage where they just threw in a bunch of CGI like they would have back in 98, you know? So leaving Outworld and going back to Earthrealm and more specifically Indiana, where we get to have our first combatant fight where Reptile pretty much gets sent by Shang Tsung to attack the uh, Earthrealm defenders. And he attacks uh, Sonya, Kano, and uh, Cole at Sonya's, what's it called, her trailer. And right off the bat, one of the biggest departures they do from, like, they do from what the regular or more traditional look of Reptile well, reptile is very humanoid looking, and this one he they just pick straight up reptile monster. And me personally, I was not a huge fan of it. And they conceal uh they conceal reptile for a lot of the fight. They make him go invisible and they kind of hide him a lot in the shadows. Which I mean, I don't get why they did that because I felt like the design, even though I wasn't a huge fan of the design, the design I thought it looked good, I thought it was passable, but like and this is where, where I was talking about with CGI. I don't know if it's they didn't trust the CGI studio or it was just easier to animate. But it was really annoying that they have this CGI character fighting in a very like dark area. Because it's like you can't see him. You can't see him at all. And it, it just makes it difficult to even take in what's going on. Um, I get it, it, you know, they did find kind of some cool ways to get around it. Like they had the scene where they had the part in that scene where, uh, Kano like stabs, um, he stabs reptile with the flare. So that I thought that was good. excellent. I thought yeah. that was excellent. I fucking loved it. I, I was a little bummed that we were going to get just straight animal reptile instead of ninja reptile. But, you know, we saw enough ninja reptile, the original movies that it doesn't totally bother me. And, um, yeah, it's just it's also gives you an excuse if you're fighting something that's not human to just absolutely murder it by ripping its heart <laughs> out, which is yeah. what Kano will end up doing here. We at least we get to see our first fatality, which is Kano literally ripping Reptile's heart out. But I was just I was just I was just not a huge fan of how hack how hectic and how like difficult it was to see what what exactly was going on throughout. Sure, this it's very. You know? It's very 2014 Godzilla kind of like feeling. Yeah, like just cover up what our monster looks like. And it's like, no, you idiots. I'm here to see the monster. I'm going to assume that all the money went to the Goro budget. <laughs> and even then, it was the same issue with Goro. It's not as bad as it is with uh, Reptile, in my opinion. I felt like they did a little bit more to show Goro, but like Goro does get obscured by a lot of shadows during his fight. Uh, yes. later on in the film yes which you know I, I yeah i'm not crazy about it as, as you are um you know but it's a 55 million dollar budget which is not that massive for mm-hmm. what you would think so maybe depending on how uh, successful this is we get a larger budget movie because say i mean how much is a budget for a good like special effects like visual effects team you think over Maybe 100 not. million standard yeah. standard so, over 100 million so this so is standard for an effects driven film standard 100 mil so you're working with half of that that makes a lot of sense actually <laughs> yes yes all right and I it mean, feels like it, it's 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 kind of what a lot of these studios are doing and i don't know if it's i don't know if it's the horror movie genre that kind of has driven this but horror has definitely driven this in terms of just 
micro budget movies that are good and you put all the money in the right place and it's it's one of those things where you can break even pretty easily like mm -hmm. so far i think the box office like they've already broken even on on the entire budget of the movie with mm -hmm. with all the with you know with, with the amount of money that they've made so far which is awesome you know you hope that they end up making much more so that we can continue this series but it's it's, it's what you have to do sometimes right you have to hedge your bets a little bit you have to find ways to make people not complain about the CGI. Given how awful the CGI was in Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and that movie it was a big budget for the time, I think that movie had a legit bigger budget than this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Yikes. I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely fine with you know it being a little less than perfect. But we, get, but we the get, but we get went to Sub Zero, so and Sub Zero's ice looked fantastic. You know, yes. Excellent. It was excellent work. So we get Kano wins, and he actually <laughs> says Kano wins. <laughs> yeah, Kano wins. What a beat. <laughs> Which is, you know, again, he is definitely a breakout character in this. Um, he was he had some of the best lines in the movie. Uh, which is good because Sonya and you know, Cole and everyone's kind of boring except for Kano. <laughs> Let's be well, real. Ultra serious, ultra serious, and because they have to be. Whereas yeah. in the original Mortal Kombat, everyone was like that too. And then they had like Johnny Cage be like the kind of comic Goofball. relief. Yeah. It but it didn't really land at all. And like and like in its age so poorly that I don't I, I don't like that character at all. Um you bitch. I love Johnny Cage. <laughs> But what I like about Kano is that it's different from Johnny Cage because Johnny Cage is, you know, again, like he's still technically a hero, whereas mm -hmm. like Kano is a complete scumbag. And I think it's Quentin Tarantino didn't create this, but I feel like he he's one of the people that is very famous for it, where mm -hmm. it's like, you know, you're you can really he's a, he's one of the guys who's really made you like care about scumbag characters in movies yeah and so. he is one of those very scummy characters <laughs> yeah but you oh, appreciate man. it because he's very like you know that he's gonna screw them over at some point because that's just who he is <laughs> and you're absolutely fine with it and they don't make his motivation anything other than money. And I'm like, I'm cool with that. It makes sense. Like, yep. it makes sense why he turns on on the combatants or on the Earthrealm defenders, right? Yes. Cabal will even use his love of money against him. Oh, man. Cabal <laughs> was cool. They did so much. Anyway, <laughs> so as our heroes get, you know, they, they end up getting transported, they make their way to uh, a Raiden's temple with the help of one of Kano's connects as they travel through the desert, they get to meet or they got, we finally get introduced to the Shaolin monks. So we get introduced to Kung Lao and Liu Kang first Liu Kang. Cause Liu Kang is like the welcoming party who immediately fireball blasts Kano. So right off the bat, Liu Kang shoots fireballs, 10 out of 10 movie. Why are we even having this episode? So you know, Liu Kang ends up say, um, greeting the fighters and takes you know taking them over to Liu Kang. Um, I'm sorry, Raiden's temple, and we finally get to meet Raiden. We get to meet uh, Kung Lao, and we get another expo dump about how the Mortal Kombat tournament uh, takes place every. I forget what it is in this film. Uh, what they mentioned as far as time wise, 
Uh, but pretty much that Earthrealm needs to win this needs to win this one after being defeated the last nine uh, nine times. Um, otherwise, the you know the the same rules as last time. Otherwise, Earthrealm gets conquered by the winning realm. So from here on out, it essentially turns into a training arc where uh, Raiden is trying. He's pretty much disillusioned with seeing what's left of our heroes. Um, I guess it's implied that Liu Kang and Kung Lao were able to find, uh, they were able to recover Jax and they were able to build him robot arms, I guess, <laughs> using obviously the spare parts that Raiden <laughs> has around the temple. Sure. Yeah. yeah why not? You know, yeah, I mean, hey, hey, if Iron Man can create a suit inside a cave in <laughs> Afghanistan. <laughs> You know, crazier things have happened. <laughs> and pretty much Raiden is just disillusioned that his heroes are a washed-up MMA fighter. Um, Sonya, who doesn't even have a mark of the of a of a Mortal Kombat fighter. <laughs> they are not afraid to like put Sonya in her place. <laughs> they shit on her so hard. It's a, it little, like, it's a little uncomfortable that it's like the woman character is the one that <laughs> that's getting oh. sold. You can't be here, but okay. Like everyone, uh, <laughs> everyone was <laughs> sipping on toxic masculinity juice. And <laughs> let her have it. <laughs> like it was, it was like, did they bring in future to like do <laughs> some rewrites? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, they're just like, shut up, Sonia. You can't talk. And then they go and they get Kano, and they're like, Kano's obviously like the best. Uh, the best <laughs> character, or honestly, the best chance they have, and that even though they hate him, and so the you know they 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 train to learn how to use their what was it? What, what I forgot what they called it. It had like a specific name. It's called an Arcana. Arcana. There we mm-hmm. go. Yeah, Arcana. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And pretty much they they train to start developing their powers. So after a lot of intensive like training and beratement one day over dinner or one night over dinner, um, when <laughs> Kano gets really sick and tired of Liu Kang and uh, Kung Lao giving him all kinds of shit, which by the way, the back and forth between them two is hilarious. Like during the training part when I forgot who takes off their shirt and he goes, settle down their magic mic. <laughs> like he's just so freaking clever, man. And after like getting confronted with Kung Lao, um, get, just giving him shit over over being a criminal and over being a lazy pig, he ends up berating them and yelling at them for just giving him an egg roll. And the entire time, as he gets angry, his one of his eyes starts lighting up, and he finally is able to fire a laser beam out of his eye. And then he goes, "Holy shit! Oh, you want laser beams? Laser beams are better than fire, pussy." <laughs> In reference to Liu Kang, so fine. He's the first one to develop their powers, so immediately everyone else is like, "Oh fuck, come on!" But later throughout the film, more people's arcana starts showing through. Uh, Jax is—I don't know what Jax is exactly, but all I know is that he's able to grow his arms um, to be pretty much match the rest of his body. So his robot arms go from these wimpy little C-3PO arms to like massive machine gun arms. <laughs> yeah. And then Cole never actually gets his uh, arcana until like the big climax of the, or, you know, close to the climax of the film. But his is a weird combination of like, the way I heard it described was 
like he has the night sticks like the the what's it called the nightwing like fighting sticks with blades mm-hmm. on him but he also has the vibranium like his skin becomes the vibranium black <laughs> panther suit <laughs> so that comes on uh later in the film sonia ends up getting an arcana where she just shoots purple light at people <laughs> Right, which is is something she does in the newer video games. She does it in the newer video games, but it's just like compared to what everyone else can do, it's just so fucking boring. (laughs) Eh, Whatever, I I, you know, to be honest, I don't really care about what these special abilities are. I just appreciate that this movie gave you an explanation for how and why Mm -hmm. they're getting them. You know, so I'm down with that because the first movie, you know, the original movie, none of them really had any special abilities. so it's like this one, it's like, no, no, no. It's like people will have some sort of supernatural ability. It's not just Sub-Zero and Scorpion. Yeah, yeah, like that's... I, I'm cool with that. Like, I'm, I'm... Because, like, the reason why the powers are important is because, you know, they play into so much of, like, the fatalities and later on in the games, or in the games, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. you're hoping that it's similar in the movie, so that way you can actually see some of the more phantasmagorical of the fatalities play out on screen because some of them yes. are going to be really and we, cool. we get another one of those uh you know oh well it was long prophesized all that kind of shit we're gonna get that with um <clears throat> with uh the fact that cole young is the is hanzo's um descendant and the prophecy is that he's going to be the one that brings his spirit back or something i don't know it's it, it's one of those things right like it, it's going to basically it's one of the things that could tip the yeah. scale and, and and raiden is is letting him go at some point in the middle saying that he's not re- ready prepared and doesn't seem like he wants to be there and would rather be with his family, family and so on family, and so family. forth well, the funny thing is that, like, again, once we get through that initial, like, thing where we're getting everybody into the temple, we're teaching everybody how to use their arcanas, then the movie flies. Yep. Because then we're, in, then we're in, a, in the second half of it, which is, all right, Shang Tsung, much like <laughs> Shao Kahn in Mortal Kombat Annihilation, is breaking rules. He's, he's going to break all the Mortal Kombat rules in that they're going to murder all the fighters so mm-hmm. that they can't past the dragon marking on and you know so if they're killed by outworld fighters they're not going to pass the dragon marking on anyone else Shang Tsung also you know they're going to win Mortal Kombat for the 10th time and take over Earth so it's like all right yep there we go we're, we're now we're off to the races now we're introducing Goro and Goro you know is going to be the one that's going to go after Cole then we have like all the other guys who show up at Raiden's temple, yeah, got, uh, thanks to Cabal. So we Ooh, got Cabal. Uh, we got Melina. Uh, they don't really explain her backstory, but pretty much she's an imperfect clone of Katana using Tarkatan DNA, which is Baraka's weird race. So that- interesting, interesting that we see Melina in this, but no Katana. Yeah, I think if things play out the way I think they do based on Mortal Kombat 9, the reason for that is because Melina is technically a vat baby, so they just grow her in test tubes, and there's a shit ton of Melinas in Shao Kahn's, like, (laughs) in his castle, so he's just, like, views her as disposable, and he's like, oh, you guys killed Melina? Cool, here's number 407 after you now. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. 
So they got her. They got um, Nitara. wasn't wasn't familiar with her from the video games. They have Reiko, who's a fucking nerd, and I don't even know why he's in this movie. <laughs> they got Big Daddy Goro, and then of course Cabal. So Cabal was a very interesting choice. I didn't expect him to be a part of the villains, at least in the first movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, like you were saying, they end up giving him super speed, and he ends up. I think you alluded to it earlier. Where he and you know we find out Cabal and uh, Kano used to be friendos, and Cabal uses uh, Kano's love for money, and essentially promises a shit ton of dollars <laughs> in order for him to betray uh, the Mortal Kombat and Raiden, or you know the Mortal Kombat fighters and Raiden as well. Mm-hmm. And the way he does so is by destroying this like relic that Raiden was using to create a shield around his temple that was uh, preventing the outworld forces from uh, attacking them as they trained to learn their arcanas. And during this time, you know, they break off into little skirmishes where everyone has a counterpart that they fight. Luke Kang's trying to fight um, Cabal, trying to match him with speed. Uh, Reiko fighting Jax. Melina fighting Sonya. Uh, Kung Lao fighting Itara, and I think Cole. This is the part where Cole ends up like leaving. Raiden sends him back home, and of course the rookie gets the gets the tall glo- or the tall order of having to fight Goro. <laughs> so the Goro fight again. I already made. I already grew. Uh, already like aired my grievances how much i hated that the fact that they hide goro for a lot of this fight scene mm-hmm. um but it was pretty cool like i'm not gonna lie I, I you know we gotta see a really cool uh really cool fatality where cole gets to use like the blade so they can cut his arms off and eventually just cuts like bisects him and cuts him in half <laughs> thought it was really rad Meanwhile, we you know back in Raiden's temple, we get to see Kung Lao do his uh, buzzsaw fatality, where he throws his hat on the ground and flies Natara face first into it, cutting her in half, which is really freaking cool. And then um, loved it, loved it. It was awesome because I didn't again. I hadn't played a ton of the newer games, but I did. I did play. One of my cousins had. Uh, had one of the newer Mortal Kombat games that included this fatality in it that I did play at least once or twice. And yeah, definitely something I recognized in the game. Loved it. Then he does the flawless victory after. Uh, yeah, there it is. Fan it's service. So You're cool. getting a ton of that fan it's... service. I know. The, pretty much the last half of the movie is where all the fan service is. Well, it's good too because now this is the part where you're going to get the deaths of certain characters. So, you know, um, besides that, Kung Lao himself will also be dead because Shang Tsung, and this is going to sound inappropriate for some of our listeners, but <laughs> he sucks the soul out of him. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think wrong, you fucking pervert. <laughs> Jesus is watching all of you. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Jax is able to awaken his arcana because Reiko ends up throwing a big rock on top of Sonya. And pretty much like I was saying, his rimpy, wimpy robot arms get huge and swole, and that's how he's able to lift the rock off of Sonya. He turns into a and robot Hulk. Pretty much. That's, I think that's like the best way to describe it. Well, yeah, because he just gets angry. 
It's like everyone is the Hulk in this. <laughs> Pretty much. You're not wrong. <laughs> so and Raiden ends up taking his heroes into the void and is like, I'm so proud of you guys for wanting to finally fu- oh no wait he's not proud of them he still thinks they're stupid never mind <laughs> but pretty much cole after seeing um after seeing uh kung lao get his ass kicked and die <laughs> he you know he 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 rallies everyone to pretty much have a rematch so they all take on their respective fights by themselves um, so Jax ends up confronting Reiko, where he ends up like fatalitying him too, just crushing his head just like with two hammer fist punches, which was cool. Also, fuck Reiko, so I was okay with that. <laughs> and I think you know what's funny is at this point, because like Liu Kang gets the fatality where he where he like turn you know it's supposed to be a be uh, uh, animality. I was about to say bestiality. <laughs> but it was supposed to be the animality where he like summons the dragon and it eats um cabal right but he ends up summoning a fire dragon the fire dragon just burns cabal to death much better Um, than cgi (laughs) monster dragon (laughs) on the last movie that does nothing (laughs) (laughs) they just fall and eat shit you know what that last dragon reminds me of like weeks later it reminds me of that simpsons episode where they're all like where they're all in the at hogwarts and bart didn't do any of his like (laughs) wizard homework and he creates that like frog abomination that just pukes and constantly says he wants to die kill me (laughs) everyone that i live is pain Oh, that's hella true. That's what that's what that stupid dragon looked like. No, this time it was more of a traditional Chinese dragon. Ends up burning Cabal till he fucking dies. Well, and it's made of fire, which is awesome. It is. Oh, you don't 100%. have to. You don't have to digitally draw a scaly dragon in real life. You're doing something that's a lot easier to draw and digitally draw, and it just looks awesome. And then, uh, who was it? Kano ends up getting murdered by who who ended up fighting Kano? Do you remember? Uh goodness. That's funny. I'm trying to remember now. I think it was I think I don't know if it was Jax. I just remember I forgot who got to kill Kano. No, no, no. Sonya kills him. Sonya kills him, but they do mm-hmm. it, it, it okay, so that that part where they all like split off and fight these people in different places, which is yeah. again, neat. Definitely something like from the game. It's like everyone's in a different stage, is what it feels yeah, like. Which was which great. Awesome. And Jackson, whoever Jax was fighting, uh, the guy with the big old hammer. I'm sorry, I don't know who that guy is. That was Reiko. It's okay. He's trying. Okay. So Reiko, like the Reiko Jax fight, what's cool about it is I think that bridge that they're standing on is legitimately a Mortal Kombat like stage from it's the it's one the stage of the where you games. can it's the stage where you can uppercut people off and then they can like fall on the spike pit. Yes. So if there was anyone that you would get your spike pit fatality, it was there. So we're yeah. probably not getting that. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it sucked that we didn't get that. That's like the one thing I was like, oh, all right. But uh, it was the trailer. So Sonya and, and, and Kano fight in the trailer. She ends up killing him in that fight, which is actually pretty brutal. Like the, mm-hmm. the fight that they have with each other. Any Anything that's like man hitting a woman is... And, you know all right 
<laughs> You're like that we get a little weird around that in, in these parts. But you know, it's okay. She killed him. She murdered the fuck out of him, so whatever. <laughs> she murdered him and then she murdered Melina by like blasting her like through and through with her <laughs> laser. <laughs> Which makes sense that she now has powers because she killed someone who had the mark. So she mm. now has the mark and can partake in Mortal Kombat. Oh, and now we get to the main event, the one everyone wanted to see. We got Cole confronting Sub-Zero after Sub-Zero went and kidnapped the Young family. Oh my god, the best jump scare in this entire movie is when uh, Cole's family is trying to leave. And then, you know, you get the like jump scare of um, Sub-Zero at the door. Like, it's crazy. Sub-Zero really made ice like manipulation a, a scary power. Scorpion always felt like the cooler one of the two to me. And I this see what you there. I'm not trying to. <laughs> right. I know where this is going. I make enough puns. Scorpion's the one I always liked more. But this movie really made me appreciate Sub-Zero. And I'm glad that a movie like really made me appreciate him. <laughs> yeah, because let's be real. Annihilation, where he just kind of like... He floats on a weird ice spike and like freezes a robot ninja did not make do any favors for him. No, it was a disaster. Uh so he and so Sub-Zero ends up taking the young family and freezes over like Cole's fight gym. So Cole has to go confront him and he ends up getting his ass kicked. <laughs> and what we find out is that he's been having like these like these visions, right? That were like coming up with the with the um, with his arcana, but what ends up happening is that his blood like wakes up Hanzo down in hell. <laughs> so it's like because his his bloodline access or you know accesses the the arcana or something, pretty much some stupid magic bullshit happens, which then like awakens Scorpion who becomes so angry that he punches his way out of hell <laughs> so he can come kick Sub-Zero's ass one more time. <laughs> and I, that is the definition of on-site. Like... Dude, all right, Sub-Zero shows violence at every turn in the entire movie. He just showed up, violence. You know, as soon like, as he shows up, people die. <laughs> Cole Young's family, violence. Hanzo's family, violence. <laughs> <laughs> literally everyone in Raiden's temple violence <laughs> oh look at the time and it's just like violence written on his wrist <laughs> look at the time it is violence o'clock <laughs> I'm here to do two things talk out my problems and choose violence and I'm all done talking <laughs> if you literally like rise from hell to come up and fight someone that shows that you absolutely hate that person Oh yeah, this is a blood uh, blood feud, and it was awesome because right when you think Cole's getting gonna get his ass kicked, you see the kunai rip through uh, Sub Zero, and he gets pulled as Scorpion yells, "Get over here!" Yes, yes, and then they play the music. Yeah, it is. You know, here it is, nerds. This is what you've all been waiting for, <laughs> and we are all here to eat. Pretty much. And what ends up happening is that with the help of Scorpion, Cole is able to overpower Sub-Zero. Well, I mean, technically it was the other way around. Scorpion, with the help of Cole, (laughs) is able to overpower Sub-Zero. 
uh, Cole ends up getting his family out of the ice, uh, saving them before Sub-Zero can like freeze them to death. And we get to finally see the uh, MK1 Scorpion fatality where he removes his mask and you get to see the, the, the skeleton face. And he, well, even though they only do half the face in this movie, but he ends up breathing fire on <laughs> Sub-Zero killing him. And he ends up pretty much, um, you know, after he, he, he after he kills Sub Zero and avenges his family, he thanks Cole for uh, for pretty much bringing him back, and also uh, asks that he maintains the uh, the the bloodline, and that so that way the sh- the the Ninja Clan can continue, but more specifically his bloodline, like the Hasashi Clan. So now from here on, Cole has kind of accepted his responsibility as a defender of Earthrealm. Uh, he's able to, you know, with his family safe, he comes, he goes back to, um, he goes back to Raiden and the other champions. Uh, of course, Shang Tsung vows his revenge and that he says he will come back with armies uh, before Raiden sends him back to Outworld. And then... Yeah, pretty much the what's deposited in this movie at the end of this film is that now the the if there is to be a sequel, the defenders of Earthrealm are pretty much going to gather more the rest of the heroes that are out there, so that uh, they can enter the combat or the Mortal Kombat tournament and win. Mm-hmm. With the huge tease being that as they leave Cole's fight gym, you get to see Johnny Cage's. Uh, movie poster in the background implying that he's going to be the next combatant they go and get. Citizen Cage. Citizen Cage. <laughs> you got caged. <laughs> Alright, and... so I mean, that's pretty much the movie. So, uh, Avi, what did you think of Mortal Kombat 2021? I liked it. I think this is arguably one of the best video game movies. Um... And that's why I walked in with very little expectations in this movie. Like, I, I went in not expecting anything. I was just like, the only thing I expected was to see some really cool martial arts fights, especially after seeing the preview that IGN put out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's all I wanted. Because the thing is, martial arts, the genre of martial arts movies has really, like, changed over the years, where even, like, like you don't have to think about the story. The story can be brain dead, because at the end of the day, much like everything, like, much like... Uh, Godzilla versus Kong, you're there for the fights, right? Yes, but um, unlike Godzilla versus Kong, it at least gives an attempt to give you something. Oh no, like, it was the, the it was explanations great. are satisfying in this. Yeah, episode. everything was like <laughs> like the Arcanus explained great. Like it it gives everyone their powers, which, like I said, get lets you play around and recreate those iconic shots from the video games. Mm-hmm. Like Cole Young, like the, my biggest complaint is really Cole Young's a kind of a boring character. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't flesh out the Shaolin monks nearly as much as I expected, but no, Liu Kang feels like a complete side character in this, which is yeah. surprising. And but I think the big thing that even I got to remember because as I ju- like I shit on people that aren't patient. Like if they're planning to make a franchise out of this, like we also got to be patient to see what they're going to do as far as the story like getting those stories out there you know mm-hmm. like if they're playing long con because what from what i've read they're shooting for four mortal Kombat movies right some of like, them have been signed on for about four movies which 
you know, what I appreciate about this movie, though, is that even though it gives you ideas of the threads of different places it can go, it's still a complete movie. It has a beginning, middle, and end. It doesn't, like, tell you, oh, well, we're going to continue this later. Gives you all it needs to give you for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's definitely, like, you know, it, I appreciate that part of it. It is a complete film. It is a great movie. And, um, yeah, it's it's... it's <laughs> I mean, it's the best Mortal Kombat movie. Like, I don't think I'm going out on a limb on saying that. And those nerds that are saying that the first Mortal Kombat is the best, y'all could shut up and be wrong. Like, <laughs> if that's what you want to do. <laughs> because this movie, like, let's be real. This movie, uh, it has the feel to it. It feels like it has the Mortal Kombat vibe, but it also, like, executed it well. And it's like, you can't really be mad about that. Mm-hmm. It's no. two. It, 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 this this Mortal Kombat series has two home runs now, so definitely look forward to seeing where it's going to go from here. And all right, you guys, so we appreciate uh, you guys joining us for this episode and following us along while we did this uh, Mortal Kombat series. Uh, it's kind of exciting time for us in that. Can you actually believe it that we are ever so closely approaching our number 100 episode on this show <laughs> number 100 <laughs> that is freaking crazy yeah so um you know next week we are going to come back and we are going to do a movie that javi's been wanting to do for you know for a while at this point uh dogma the kevin smith movie yes. and so it's gonna excited. be it's i've seen parts of it before but i honestly have never seen this movie start to finish so right. it will. This will be my first time watching it completely. All right, nerds. I'm gonna tell you that right now. I don't know how you're gonna want to. How you're gonna find a way to watch it because thanks. And I'll go into it more next week. But yeah, like the way Angel's gonna have to watch is I'm going to have to physically drop off my my physical copy of Dogma <laughs> to him so that he can watch this movie. <laughs> well, we're both vaccinated, so who knows? Maybe we can actually get together and watch it at some point. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> All right. We'll be back uh, next week when we talk Dogma. And uh, we have a surprise movie that's coming up for episode 100 that mm-hmm. I think everyone who knows me personally before I started this show is probably wondering why it's taken me so long to get to this movie. It's Godfather 3. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Godfather 3. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you guys next time. All right. Later, y'all.